1: What's up? It's for the Culture Friday. The Anora boys are in the building. Left that dude, Sean Davis. Welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com It's that premium American whiskey. AnoraWiskey.com. You're darn right, J-Tar. I'm in with the fresh lining. You're darn right. I paid my dues for that bet called my barber and told him i wanted to be the first in the door like i was a coach trying to recruit you're darn right i need to be the first one in the door left we were just talking about franchises right yep and branding. and i told you i went to see the fast 10 film fast 10 yeah and I went into the theater thinking, this is the coup de grace. This is it. Let's see how, this, see how this goes, man. Because nine was some of the most fairy tale stuff I had ever seen in a movie. Right? This one, I felt like this has a chance. Because the storyline makes sense. Reyes, who was the wealthy businessman in Brazil that they stole the money from in the safe and police station, which happens to be my favorite, Fast and the Furious. His son is looking for revenge. So Mm -hmm. I'm thinking the storyline has a chance, because this makes sense. This makes sense. Some of the stuff, bro, was okay. Okay but the fact that they left the ending open meaning that we have more of these films coming sometimes you just have to let it go sometimes you just have to let it go Mm. sometimes you just gotta let it go that's right yeah bro uh I was sitting there at the end and then of course you sit through the credit, and then they have another extra scene with Letty and Cipher. And I'm like, man, ugh, let's move on, man. Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, subscribe that thumbs up button, smash it for us. We appreciate you. Lucky, Lucky Podcasts. We spin it different. for the Culture Friday. Special guest, Candace Cooper, host of Locked On ACC, is going to join us in about 20 minutes. We're going to talk about the ACC, the conference, the upheaval. You know, Dr. Jim Phillips says everything seems to be okay right now. We'll see if Candace is buying that. We'll talk to her about Michael Shrewsbury and the buzz about the Notre Dame basketball program and whether or not the ACC still wants Notre Dame to really join the conference. At this point, I'm sure they do. Because if Notre Dame joins the conference, Notre Dame will probably move to have that G.O.R. ripped up and have things put into a new collective 100%. yeah, like we're not gonna abide by that. you need to rip that up, coming off of our conversation yesterday left, a lot of people of uh, still buzzing about it mm-hmm. <laughs> we were still getting, yeah, we were still getting uh
2: that was our by the numbers uh
1: segment. <laughs> A lot of people are still submitting their 1,000 yard receiver. Mm. Somebody actually submitted Chris Tyree. It's mm. a slot.
2: He, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I want to
1: see what it looks like with a Notre Dame offense that's targeting receivers. What do you think is going to, uh, Ultimately, bro, I'm hoping that this offense opens it up a little bit more than you seem to think. I really do. Because you seem to think the running game is going to kind of, I don't want to say extinguish, but kind of put a damper on Sam Hartman being able to open it up with the passing game with Jared Parker.
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to open up to where we're going to see a different side of Notre Dame football where we might present a different challenge for teams when they come to Notre Dame Stadium where most teams feel like they got us figured out. We're going to do what we do best. But uh, um, hold on one second. So this will be important for us to uh, to see that different dynamic because once we see the offense open up and defenses having to adjust to the different skill sets, we are not tied in you and running back you specifically. We're going to change the game a lot and it's going to score more points effectively.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this offense really being able to put up points, be more explosive. I'm not really looking at the weekly average as much as I am things like explosive plays, uh, plays of over 20 yards in the running game and in the passing game, yards per rush for the running backs, Uh, yards per attempt from Sam Hartman, yards per completion from Sam Hartman. I need him to be top five. I would appreciate him being top five. That lets me know that the offense – is far more explosive, and that is what kind of puts fear into defenses in those big games when you have an explosive offense. I need to see that type of stuff put on film starting week one against Navy.
2: We'll love to see what Ohio State uh, and how they put an offensive performance against a tough Georgia defense just having that mm-hmm. pass game available and even make some of the best teams have a lot to think about when you can run and throw the football. And for us to be able to highlight that as a as an asset and not as a liability like it's been in years before, I think will give us a lot of respect when they talk about us in the contention of being one of the best teams. A lot of times they don't give us the credit because even though we have a good record, we're not winning like our record shows uh, consistently uh, throughout the years, winning 10 games uh, like we do. So winning 10 games by beating teams by 28-plus points, that gives a different look on a 10-win 10, 10 team than just winning 10 wins, and we win a couple and triple overtime, win a couple mm. by three. Uh, we, we barely beaten the teams we supposed to be blowing out. So that, in the past, hasn't given us a lot of credit to voters and, and fans that don't like Notre Dame because they think we skid by. So now having an explosive offense – and winning by a good margin is going to change a lot in the respect that people have for Notre Dame. And that factorizes. factor rises.
1: Yeah, yeah. And those big games, it was interesting because we put forth the question, and I don't know if a lot of people got a chance to really answer it in the chat. In these big games, will it be more important to have explosive plays or get big stops? Like, which one? Of course. I mean, Someone say, well, we need to do both. I would
2: like big stops because big – I mean, I'm sorry. I would like explosive plays because explosive plays, you always get a chance. You always, you're always, always leaning on one big stop mm-hmm. that can possibly give you a two-score lead. But having explosive plays, you're always going to have a chance in the game. And you're always going to have a chance to not only be in the game, but be up two or three scores in a game. Cause you can have one play touchdowns. You can have big play touchdowns after turnovers. You yeah. can have play touchdowns where the defense of the opposing team needs a stop. So having explosive plays, it can be in the run game, the pass game. Uh, the quarterback can make some big plays late and having that as a, um, uh, an access or, or have an accessibility to those with Sam Hartman being into as a, a X factor in a sense, uh, the, the it's limitless for what Jared Parker can produce offensively, but also we get to utilize the people we're recruiting and not have a trust issue situation or guys that are very talented sit in the bench for two years. You got guys, in the rotation, you're getting things going because you can run and throw is a lot of things that can happen.
1: Yo, laugh. so it's wonderful we're talking about this because one of the things that needs to happen for those big stops is that the defensive line needs to put pressure on quarterbacks and then the offensive line needs to give Sam Hartman ample protection on the other side of the ball to create yeah. those explosive plays. We agree that moving forward, the elevation of Notre Dame in the trenches is what's going to eventually elevate this program, of course, with the quarterback position, which we've pointed out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's going to elevate it, but it also is going you know, I just think that intimidation factor matters a lot. Mm. And when teams are talking about matchups, especially our primetime games, is something worth watching, and it's, for Notre Dame fans, it's a positive because, like we talked about yesterday, we're going to be able to tune in from start to finish instead of, you know, having a whole half missed because we're just starting
1: very slow. I think the amazing stat, if I remember, I might be a little bit off, TCU and their run to the college football playoff championship had 20 plays of 50 play, 50 yards or more and 50 plays of 20 yards or more. That that is the type of explosive offense that that you're looking for. And I would venture to say, heck, yeah. We didn't know Quentin Johnson would be Quentin Johnson before the season. He stepped up in that offense under the new coaching staff and hopefully under the new O.C., Somebody in the wide receiver room would will be willing to step up as well. Yeah, we talked about recruiting, right? You ever watch the the intros? I love the intros to like the seventies and eighties sitcoms. Left. What yeah. about you?
2: Seventies, eighties. That's uh, in Living Color was that?
1: No, like Facts of Life. Uh, uh, different strokes. Now the world don't move to the beat. just won't. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's just some classic stuff, right? And so one of the Notre Dame coaches was on the road yesterday and he posted his video of where he was going on Twitter. And it got a lot of attention. But I felt like I was watching the beginning of one of those classic 1980s. Sitcoms, bro. Mm. uh, Al Washington was on the road, right? And and he was on the road, but I felt like I was watching the the opening to Taxi. (laughs) Okay. I I, I felt like I was the people, though. That's what I felt like. If you know the opening to Taxi, very much just like this. Yeah, and, you know, I felt like I was watching in the opening of the taxi. By the way, people need to like loop that. That's that's a classic hip hop loop if you know what you're doing. That's but, right. That's right. Look, man, par for the course. Look, because the tweet got a lot of attention. By the way, he's drive that's Chicago. Yeah, Dan Ryan,
2: where he should be.
1: He, he, see, you already stole my thunder. You already stole my thunder, right? Like the video shouldn't even get. It's, it's like, dude, it's part for the course. That's par part for the course. You got a five star kid in twenty four, and you got four or five star kids possibly in twenty five. Mm-hmm. That should be a, that should be a weekly trip. That that's a trip you make all the time.
2: All the time. All the time.
1: I see people like giving almost like giving a. Round of applause, standing ovation. Like, thank you, thank you, for being aggressive. I see Miami, Miami is doing the most. You know, you know people that do the most when they're trying to get someone's attention. Yeah, you're like, bro, you're doing way too much. Like, relax. Like, I know you're trying to get Shorty's attention. But you're making yourself look a little bit.
2: A little crazy
1: now. A little crazy, right? That's what the University of Miami is doing when it comes to recruiting Justice Scott. They're doing any and everything, bro, because they know it's going to take a lot for them to get him. So they're willing to do it. Yeah. They're willing to do it. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to do whatever it takes. And I'm not mad at them. Go ahead. Send out happy birthday. Send out happy official visit tweets. Send out happy mid-official visit tweets. Send out countdown to official visit tweets. Do whatever you got to do. It's universe of Miami. You got a lot of room to make up. Show somebody that you're willing to go over the top for them. That's fine. That's fine. But you know, you can, you can still be Notre Dame and still show people that you want them that's right do a lot you don't have to be chill about it so you know i just felt like i was watching an episode of taxi when i saw the video bro it was funny to me it reminded me of the opening of taxi from back in the day i'm sure they're going to cut out that 15 seconds we played for, uh the actual uh theme song from taxi but it is what it is look man like Drunk Vigo said, yes, they are willing to look thirsty. And they are willing to embarrass. You darn know right Mario Cristobal is. Mario Cristobal understands what his program is. He understands that a point of destitute. He understands that he needs someone to turn things around and get things going the right way. He understands that. He knows that. And he's willing to do whatever he has
3: to do. Whatever. George
1: is chilling. Ohio State is chilling. Notre Dame is chill. Miami and this Justice Scott thing is making the most noise. They are doing the most. Because they know they have to. They know
3: they have to.
1: Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's get to what Irish Burnt In says, at a certain point, you got to make your intentions known and clear to the public. If you don't take your girl out, occasionally you could be in trouble in the long run. Irish Burnt In, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. It's a very interesting way of looking at it. But I'm not sure if it's a matter of making intentions known. It's almost like being in the relationship, establishing the relationship, and like once you get the title, because you know that, right? You date, you meet the representative, you get to know each other, you start to fall for each other. And then at some point you have the conversation about, okay, are we about to put a title on this thing, right? And that's when both parties are really hesitant and they don't really want to show they're hesitant. But then ultimately you say, okay, we're gonna be boyfriend and girlfriend. The problem is when people get to the boyfriend, girlfriend stage and they take a deep breath and say, okay, the work is not done. It's the same way in recruiting. You can have all the advantages: locality, proximity, relationship, especially when you have five stars. But when you know all the other big time schools are coming when you know Kirby Smart is coming, when you know Mario Cristobal is coming, you can't take a deep breath just because it seems like you're in the lead for a kid, just because you're 70 miles away from this young man. No. That's an advantage. That's an extra bonus for you. Pop up. Pull up. More than anybody else. That's a reason for you to do the most. You should never get outworked for someone that you have an advantage.
3: Especially in recruiting. There's
1: no way any big-time talent from the city of Chicago should not be seen as an advantage for Notre Dame. That's an advantage. Especially when they come from a predominantly well-known Catholic school with ties to the University of Notre Dame in the Chicago area. There's no way that shouldn't be an advantage. But it's not a reason for you to fall back. That's a reason for you to be even more aggressive. I call it caking. I don't know what you guys call it. I call it caking. That's what we call it here in Chicago. When you do the most, when you're baking cookies for the girl's mother, when you're bringing flowers to a grandmother, when you're coming over and you're gardening in the backyard with, the, with the parents or helping the father in the garage, you're caking. You're doing the most to solidify your position. And that's what I really think needs to be done. lucky lefty podcast thank you irish burnt ends. we're getting ready to have our special guest candace cooper from Locked on acc look you guys really need, we we kind of established a brief relationship when we were about to be a part of the Locked on family and unfortunately things didn't work out the way we thought they would but we established a relationship with candace via twitter At that point in time, we told her we still wanted to have her on the podcast. So we are pleased to have on host of Locked On ACC, Candace Cooper, right here. Follow her at Candace Cooper. And C-Squared, we appreciate (laughs) you joining us today. We appreciate you giving us some time. Of course, the big news coming out of ACC that a lot of Notre Dame fans are worried about (laughs) is what the heck is going on with Jim (laughs) Phillips. And the seven schools that seemingly are not happy with their grants of right and trying to find legal ways to get out of that moving forward. Being led by Clemson and Florida State, you know, are you believing what Jim Phillips is saying with everyone seems to be satisfied right now in this situation?
4: Well, thanks guys for having me. Um, I would certainly say that you can never be satisfied when there's some disruption in your house among the mix. So of course, he has to make the politically correct statement and saying that we're all working on this together. But I would, you'd be crazy if you think that there wasn't discussions after this week's worth of meetings. And you'd be crazy to think that there's not more to come from some of our heavy hitters like Clemson and Florida State.
1: What is the main issue behind Florida State and Clemson's move? Is it that the fact that they just look at, look, the revenue is a $30 gap between us and what our rivals in the SEC and our rivals in the Big Ten are getting, and we're playing and we're on the field and we're competing, but ultimately two, three years down the line, we're going to be in bad shape if we continue to be at this deficit going up against these programs.
4: Uh, Pretty much summed up nicely. I think it's all about money at the end of the day. Revenue sharing has been across the board an equal slate for teams in the ACC. And it's getting to a point now where teams like FSU and Clemson are saying, well, we bring more to the table from a national brand perspective, we bring more to the table from a performance perspective, maybe not so much Florida State as late, but Clemson for sure. And now they're saying we don't want it to be an equal pot distribution, we'd rather be performance based or accolade-based and get our money accordingly. And so I think that's something that the ACC is being forced to examine. But at the same time, you look at some of your schools that may not have the same brand recognition, but have more uh, sports, non-revenue sports. You have teams that they have to keep afloat and things like that. So having that equal distribution certainly helps keep the lights on for a couple of these programs. Then you start getting dicey with Title IX and all the things. And so Mm. it's an arms race. And when you also look at the recruiting aspect there's not a lot as much money being poured into that around the board for a lot of these state schools and you're trying to compete with the best of the best and it's not equating out nicely and everyone assumes that these tv deals could change it but the grant of rights certainly is hurting everyone involved
1: is this a matter of the acc going back to the original tv deal overplaying their hand and not anticipating where things would eventually evolve to in the business of college football?
4: Well, you know, Raycom Sports is definitely the real villain out here. Um, John <laughs> is is a close second. Uh, I think people give Commissioner Jim Phillips a lot of grief, but he is not the reason why the ACC is in this terrible deal that is through 2036 with ESPN. And the issue is ESPN isn't exactly raking in money right now. You know, we've seen them lay off people in droves. And so they're not, they're sitting at the high perch. They have the upper hand. There's nothing about them that wants to say, yeah, let me give you some more money when they know good and well with this damn near airtight uh, deal that there's no uh, signs of you guys leaving a nine figure penalty, you know, ensuing. Plus, you know, we still have rights to your home games and things like that. So there is a big big hit if you decide to leave you just ask guys like Marilyn right so i think yeah. it's you know this is a big issue with the TV deal that they didn't expect this to be it to be this bad. And John Swaffer sitting pretty, set his family up nicely and he's, you know, wiping his hands of the whole situation because you've yet to see him come out with a statement or anything like this. He's, he's good. Right. So I think it's, you know, real villains who don't have to come to the front of the table and answer for it. But I definitely don't believe that they thought, you know, big 10 and Fox and all the things would uh, progress in the way that they
1: have. From the outs, from an outsiders. Look, how would you, consult Notre Dame in this situation to handle this matter. You know, Notre Dame has always wanted to stay independent uh, until they were forced to join the conference due to college football playoffs or either other situations at this point, how should Notre Dame play this? Because from a basketball standpoint, the ACC has been very beneficial for Notre Dame. But from a football standpoint, you know, they have relationships within the conference should they be wanting to help in some way or should they just sit back and watch the demise of the conference that they are linked to from a schedule standpoint?
4: We love the word demise. Um, I think that Notre Dame is certainly in this weird position there, this you know, ugly stepchild that I really don't love personally because one foot in, one foot out. It's not not a fan, I will say that. But um, if I were them, what what would be your bargaining point to try and join AC? You're you're you have the upper hand. Why would you want to join a conference that may not be in existence after next year, right? Why would you want to, you're not saving the conference from anything. They're not magically gonna have this, you know, incredible amount of money. NBC is not knocking on the door, especially with this ESPN deal. So there's nothing nothing for you to do other than sit back and watch and get your popcorn and just, you know, watch it all unfold. I think what the ramifications will be potentially non-revenue sports and if there is not, can you figure out a schedule, right? If there is no ACC and you do have these competitions every single year and all the contractual agreements to play some of these uh, sports that won't exist, then I think that's when it gets a little dicey for you.
1: Once again, Candace Cooper locked on ACC with us right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. I'm Sean Davis, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. And I agree totally with you. Yeah. Um, this situation now with the ACC you just said something powerful. I, it probably went over most of the fans that are listening heads. No ACC in a year, like that's. We talked about it yesterday. Left like, you talk about Armageddon. If FSU and Clemson figure out a way to leave, oh, the, leave. Yeah. the days of the super conferences is here, right? Because you know they're going to the SEC, right? They're going straight to the SEC. I don't know,
4: so I think so. There's the Magnificent Seven that came out this week, where there were seven teams. You had NC State, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech. You had FSU, at Clemson, you had Miami. All basically saying, Jim Phillips, what are we doing here? Because we, if we get an eighth vote, which some said heard the great eight was Louisville, we can just come together, vote out of this thing. And here we are with the conference and you know form our own super allegiance and figure things out as they may. Dumb, because why would you do that? But hey, people do stupid stuff every day. Um, so there, there's there been rumors, right, and everyone was feeling type of way. But then you had FSU, AD, um, Mr. Alford come out and say, like, listen, we're all good. We love it here. And I think that's like any coach who's about to leave for another school, anybody who's about to sign a big major deal somewhere else, you know, they all chummy, chummy. In February, you're telling me that you have no opportunity to grow here. And come, you know, what, May? Now everything's good graces. So that's where you should be scared.
1: Coming out of spring ball. What's the biggest buzz as far as college football in the ACC? The resurgence of Clemson or Duke really being a contender with Riley Leonard, Mike Elko. What's the buzz? What are you hearing?
4: Well, I don't know if Clemson would resurge considering they are the ACC champions, so it's pretty much just the same old regular run of the mill for them. They probably need a new challenge, and that's why they're probably trying to explore options like the Big Ten and the SEC, but I think – one thing that people know and last thing I'll say about conference stuff is that where they have to be wanted, you know, like you're not going to try and run into the SEC where they their pot is pretty fine and going in you have to split it another another good amount of ways. So, it's not exactly they have the upper hand in that as well. Clemson is clearly the favorite. Pitt is right there behind, you know, Bill Dracovic came over from Boston college and he, you know, is this big quarterback that's trying to kind of research his career. He had a lot of good things going for him. Injuries sort of held him back. Offensive line didn't help. Um, You also have the fact that Florida state is arguably going to be one of the top five teams in the country. They are trying to bring back all the things that they say they are and have been. And Mike Norvell seems to be able to keep his job a little bit longer and they have this nine to 10 win energy happening right now. Um, and then you have Drake May, who is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. And will he have a sophomore slump? Will Mac Brown be able to figure him out? And, you know, will, will teams figure him out? And how can he elevate now that he has a new offensive coordinator? So a lot of good stuff yeah. there.
1: I think that's the biggest issue for us, right, Left, Like, we know the talent that is Drake May. We're just worried about whether or not he has enough help around him. It's, yeah. It's,
2: yeah, I mean, and with the transfer portal being active, you get to see teams have a, a, a strong resurgence and a reload in one year. Look at Tennessee. Look at South Carolina. Uh, and I think the strategies of the transfer portal, even though they the statistics say 10%, you really get a, a hit in it. I think just the opportunity that's so wide open and the attractiveness of having a generational quarterback, in my opinion, it's easy to bring some receivers from Wichita State if you need to, if they got the talent. Yeah. And if you're the head coach, you would be excited about at least you have an attractive value piece. And I think for the ACC at, a, at least, he's going to be fine, at least in that conference. But getting out of that conference in the playoffs and bowl games and stuff, it'll be interesting to see.
4: Yeah.
1: So D.L. Ivy and Michael Shrewsbury are both on the road recruiting. The buzz about Micah Shrewsbury, Notre Dame, they replaced a pretty good coach that was very successful at Notre Dame. So that's a big cast. That's shadow on Micah Shrewsbury as he comes from Penn State, the Big Ten, over to Notre Dame in the ACC. In the ACC last year, I don't know, how would you even describe it? It was a weird basketball season. It was just like, you know, you had teams that were middle of the pack being much better than they normally were. Miami yeah, kind of was Miami's. Yeah, Jim Laranega did his thing, but then you had Duke, North Carolina doesn't make the tournament, and they were the preseason number one for most people. Duke came on at the end of the season, a very young team. They returned a lot of their young players. It was a topsy-turvy conference season in the ACC. How do you see it playing out, and you know, do you think the ACC will be more true to form? In well, you
4: know, I think that the ACC was fine to form. I just think there was okay. other people that had a nice little elevation, right? I think the ACC is, you know, a dogfight every single week, When especially once you get into conference play. I think a lot of guys kind of slipped up in their non-conference schedule, so it made it look uglier. But I think from a national perspective, for whatever reason, the past two years, it's been this, like, lull or this hate against the ACC, which is weird to me because we've had not only North Carolina make national championship game, but you had Miami making the Final Four, and, you know, you have really good programs out of Duke and a good coach in John Shire. And so for whatever reason – the ACC is getting this love, the bracketology and all of the you know thing, Kim rankings. It's giving us as if we're not as good conference when especially when it comes to men's basketball women's basketball don't even get me started we have about eight or nine of them ladies heading to the various ncaa championships every year but say all that say i think the acc is just fine it's just a matter of you know more teams emerge miami they have a really good coach and coach Laronega. um i think lewis ham or coach hamilton certainly you know figuring things out but hubert davis you know Blue Bloods, it's not the same as it used to be. I will say that. I'm a North Carolina grad, so I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> trying to find the words. Trying to find the words. I think Amanda Baycott has to find a jump shot or else, you know, what are we doing here? Um, I think oh, Caleb, no, for sure. Caleb, Caleb was good to go ahead and part ways. I think it's better for him. You know, I think that Duke – will always be Duke. But NC State, I think that's the team to watch this season. They have Coach Keats bringing in some really good guys um, out of the one transfer from Kansas. You have uh, DJ Burns who became like a like overnight sensation there. So I think it's just a matter of, of giving people some grace. And then when they get in the conference play, not being so harsh on you know the outcomes when it doesn't go your typical team's way.
1: If we can give you one piece of advice – Stay away from Northwestern transfers. Oh, man. Yeah, please. <laughs> Notre Dame fans would tell North Carolina <laughs> basketball fans, stay away from Northwestern transfers keep by all it. means, if you can. You know, it. Pete Pete Nance wasn't my guy.
4: Pete Nance was not my choice, but I think it's hard to follow Brady Manick. I think he just had an incredible season. I think that was an incredible run that they did not deserve to be in, and somehow they managed, and yet everything looks better when you're winning, right? So you couldn't see see the onion, the layers, and peeling it back. But now, you know, you have a guy who – I mean, all of our guys, really. What's life after – being at North Carolina, not much. So, say all I had to say, the elevation isn't exactly quite jumping off the page. But Pete Pete wasn't my guy. He was not my guy. Man,
1: lucky enough <laughs> podcast. And I think Michael Shrewsbury actually got a, yeah, he actually got a transfer from Northwestern. That was one of his first commits when he became coach. Oh, God Dane. bless
4: him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> lucky enough podcast. Pleased to have Candace Cooper from Lockdown ACC on with us for a few more minutes. Thank you for giving us some of your time right here on a Friday. As we get out of here, there's a lot going on. I Look, I fully support the movement and what you represent. Um, follow you on Twitter and social media and the advancement of women when it comes to journalism and their voices, uh, whether it's TV, radio. I, I stand with you. And would love to see that, and that's why we had you on, because we respect you as one of the best voices when it comes to ACC and sports in general. I saw, you know, your retweet of David Aldridge's article
3: mm-hmm.
1: about Brandon Miller. And it is, for a lot of people, it's a touchy subject that they really don't want to talk about, but you know us right here, the Lucky Left Podcast. <laughs> we don't care. We, yeah. we love digging into it, so... Mm-hmm. What was it in particular about that article that really stung a lot of people for different reasons? What in particular made you say, this is something that I need to retweet and put notice or flash a light on for people to understand?
4: Sure. So I really respect Aldridge. I think that he is one of the best writers in the game. But beyond that, I think like let's the elephant is very much in the room no pun intended in the crimson tie but like it's very uncomfortable to just like go on as life is and i but we talk on our show all the time about like the humanistic side of all of this right we talk mm. about You know, I'm not feeling and crying over spilled milk over guys crying about $30 million between them, right? I'm not crying about the rich getting richer while we have athletes who can't pass reading tests. Like, I'm not feeling but so many ways unless helping, like, the actual athlete advance and get better in their day-to-day. And with the Brandon Miller situation, it just, you know, oftentimes I say you got to teach guys that they're more than just being an athlete. They are more than just what they can do for you on a court And it was just apparent that nobody cared about that young lady. Nobody cared about the situation that went down. It was just, okay, but we're still winning. We have a potential national championship. So like, let's sweep it under the rug as best we can so long as things went right, right? The fact that like everything that came out of it, if you don't like, sure there's nothing legally terrible about it, but like morally, let's just have some wits about, can we have nothing? Like, is there no, Do we feel no guilt, like nobody. So like, that's what I have trouble with. And I struggle with still to this day, Because, like, it can't just be about the W's and the L's, right? It can't just be about wins and losses and about great plays and highlights and how you felt at a certain game. Like, there is another side of this. And if you can't, if you're not willing to look at it, like, you got to have that man and woman in the mirror conversation with yourself.
1: And I'm going to be honest, man. If you have any ounce of empathy or that humanistic side that you were talking about, Brandon Miller isn't right. There's no way he's not carrying that with him. There's no way that he's not seeking professional help to say, hey, look, I know I'm going to the NBA, I'm getting drafted, but I don't like being linked to someone losing their life. Yeah. That's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, you know, that's something I don't think other people are looking at from that side of the situation. It's very tough. And I appreciate you, you know, putting emphasis on that and retweeting that. Uh, someone had actually told me about the article. I didn't get a chance to read it. When I saw your retweet, I said, man, let me dig into this. And as you said, David Aldrich is one of the best yeah. in the business yeah. at doing it. And I appreciate you doing that. Once again, Candace Cooper, follow her at Candace D Cooper on social media. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram, correct? See? Yes. She's a Carolina girl, okay? <laughs> so, Notre Dame fans, we love her. We Got love to. her. Notre we Dame, I'm,
4: I'm working on my relationship with Notre Dame. I'm not gonna lie to sure. you. I talk a lot of junk about Notre Dame. But we're it's the olive stuff. branch. Let, Are let, you?
1: let, let Lucky Lefty be the olive branch. From okay. Notre Dame to you. We, we love you, C Square.
4: I've, I've seen North Carolina get their ass whipped a couple times where it's just like, y'all aren't even in our conference, but you jacketed it up for me. So, like, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. I can't Yo, find it right now.
1: I'll be honest. I didn't mind not seeing Drake May on the schedule this year. I was cool. I was cool. I'm like, you know what? We don't have to see that man. I'm listen. good with it.
4: I'm on my bucket list, first of all, Marcus Freeman is a beautiful man, and I I support him through and through. So, like all in 5011 kids, I'm like, I support, I support this. Okay. But when it came to my team, I just I was very relieved not to see him on the schedule. I'm not gonna lie. You
1: know, you know something. If you ever get an opportunity to go watch a practice during like a recruiting weekend, it is almost like watching. It, dude, the line to take pictures. I believe
4: it. I would be right. I would be right there. Dude,
1: recruits. <laughs> well, let me say because you know Marcus Freeman is a family man. Yes, but the vibe of the mothers.
4: Oh,
3: yeah.
1: You know how how like, could you
4: not? You got. You have to acknowledge beautifulness without being weird. Like we can't. We can say this is a handsome man without it. Like I respect oh, his wife and all the facts. things. But like, God. God did his thing. Okay. I ain't gonna hold it. So I'm just okay. If I ever ever get the opportunities to okay,
1: See, God, we need to manifest this. We need our lips
4: Candace, to God's ears. We need. I can just Candace tell Cooper, this man
1: to mark. We need the Candace Cooper Marcus reading interview to have okay.
4: It. Oh my God. I would die. I would actually, I might, I might actually die. Yeah.
1: Or locked on ACC. We need it to happen.
4: I don't stutter much only when I'm like super nervous, but I can guarantee I would slip up on my words. Man, I if you look at the
1: chat, if you look at <laughs> the chat, Notre Dame fans are saying, speak it into existence. They got <laughs> Y'all slips
4: to God's ears. Okay. Help a sister out. Just one one interview is all I need. That would propel me because I know there would be a great clip and sound bite from it. So I just I already know. See, we're making this work manifesting. Go ahead. All the
1: things. Is there any coach that when you're preparing for an interview that you say, oh
4: No, honestly, like from the ACC perspective, like all of our coaches are really good. Some of them give like, you know, straight up and down answers about it. Some of them like sugarcoat things. One of my favorite interviews is Jeff Halfley out of Boston College. Like, I think he is just very much a straight shooter. He understands what's in front of him. He understands what needs to be worked on. And like, he can give it to you straight. Like, yeah, we weren't our best. I didn't give. Or you know, step up as a leader, XYZ. I think Coach Narduzzi out of Pitt is also one that doesn't sugarcoat things, and he'll find himself giving you way more than you asked for, right? I think Mark Mac Brown gives you the very much buttoned-up. I've done this before. I've done media type of time, so like we just have a bunch of good guys that are very personable.
1: It's Candace Cooper, locked on ACC. Candace D. Cooper on social media. C squared. We got you back with Marcus Freeman. We appreciate you joining us today.
4: Thanks, guys. I can't wait to come back.
1: <laughs> All right. That's Candace Cooper right here on For the Culture Friday. Look, left. I think left had to run because we did start 30 minutes late. We know we're running up against our guys at Irish Breakdown, but we did not want to go without giving you guys something today. We hope you enjoyed Candace Cooper Locked on ACC. Give her a follow on social media. She's absolutely fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. We look forward to having her back on. And like I said, she she is, Marcus Freeman was actually her olive branch to Notre Dame. She's like, yo, that, that brother right there, he made Notre Dame a little bit more palatable. We appreciate her joining us today. We don't know if you guys have heard, but EA Sports is very close to getting all of the NIL things done so that the return of college football could take place in 2024. Um, Of course, Notre Dame, who has never been linked to a conference, was the only school whose logo and representation was always at the beginning of that particular game because They were an independent identity and needed to have their own paperwork with EA Sports. According to reports, Notre Dame and EA Sports have been in contact. Negotiations have been taking place. And Notre Dame has unofficially given given EA Sports the go-ahead and the nod to say, look, we're locking in with you. I want to have a discussion about before we get out of here on a Friday. Whether or not this might be a sign to Notre Dame changing the way they do things in recruiting in other areas when it comes to NIL. I think Notre Dame is on the precipice of what one might call the perfect storm from a business standpoint. You have EA Sports and College Football in 24.
3: You have the new TV deal. Reportedly, they want 75 mil per year. And then you have the apparel deal.
1: Notre Dame is truly, in my opinion, in the catbird seat from a financial and a business standpoint. Now how they play this thing is a totally different story. Right? (laughs) Do they say yes to the first deal that sounds amazing? Or do they keep it player player?
3: And let the bidding war happen right in front of them.
1: It's gonna be very interesting. Because for them to give the NIL nod to EA Sports is something that I really didn't expect. I thought Notre Dame would be the last holdout. Well, they are one of the last holdouts, but because they're independent of the conferences. But I thought Mr. Swarbrick might play a little more Hardball. But with the hiring of staff and general manager and people now dealing with NIL at the University of Notre Dame, one tends to believe that is much scrutiny that we've given to Jack Swarbrick. A lot of it much deserved and well earned, might I add. That the shrewdness by which he has allowed Notre Dame to still stay one of the key players in the boardroom and on the football field over the last decade, he's done it by being very shrewd. And you might not like the way he's done things. You might not like how he's communicated in certain situations. But the truth of the matter is, the fruit is the fruit. And he has Notre Dame in position to cash in like no other university has cashed in before. We just heard Candace Cooper talking about Magnificent Seven, thinking about possibly leaving the ACC and forming another conference. What? What? Why? Who? For what?
3: Notre Dame.
1: For as much as people on both sides of the coin want to talk about relevance, want to talk about how good they are, how good they aren't, want to talk about they have one thing. We know it's been thirty-five years. No one has to tell Notre Dame fans how long it's been. We know, right? They don't have to tell us. How long has it been since the national championship? Ladies and gentlemen, about the teams and other programs, we know. We'll tell you before you tell us. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame sits right where they need to sit from a business standpoint. And hopefully, Jack Swarbrick, with what he's done, will take the extra step and put Notre Dame, as coaches, as players, in the football program, just a few steps forward into the future of college football and give them the true fighting chance that they need in recruiting and the transfer portal and in the development of a national championship team. They tell us in church, if you take one step, God will take two. Well, Jack Swarbrick, Marcus Freeman has stood tall for this Notre Dame brand, and he's taken one step. Myself and Notre Dame fans think that it's about time that you take two and do the right thing and position Notre Dame to be the great football program that the fans, the players, the coaches, the alumni, and everyone connected to the great history of Notre Dame football. Champions, it's about time. Marcus Freeman has taken one step. Go ahead, take two. We thank you in advance. Signed, Notre Dame Fast. That's my little commentary right here on a Friday on a Lucky lefty Podcast. <laughs> yes, P-Dub, it was Bob James who did the taxi thing. It's a great, it's a great song. It's a great song.
3: Absolutely great song. Any questions before we get out of here?
1: Sean Paulus said, first time meeting Tim Brown this morning in South Bend. Still a great guy. That's what's up. I saw Marcus Freeman had a great picture with Michael Floyd at an event uh, yesterday. posted on his social media. It's good to see the coach connecting with former players. It's absolutely amazing. Gino, appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you. We're here for you. We're here for you and the rest of the Notre Dame fan base. Well, we're going to get out of here, man. Uh, Left had to go on the practice. Forgive me. I had runs to make that made me come back later than I thought I would be back at the house today. But we wanted to make sure we at least got 40 to 45 minutes in for you guys. We had already booked Candace Cooper. We wanted to get her on. She is a fantastic guest. Once again, locked on ACC. She is the host. She does an incredible job and has an incredible voice that all college. Basketball, football, soccer, lacrosse, whatever it is, college fans of the ACC, you need to listen and lend your ear to her voice. She is absolutely amazing. And she's a sister of the Lucky Lefty podcast. From a guy left, I'm Sean Davis. Go smash that like button, subscribe, CFB Nation via Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Search CFB Nation. We need you to lock in, guys. We need you to lock in because Lucky Lefty Podcast will exclusively be on the thread for CFB Nation and no longer an IB Nation once we get to the fall. So if you enjoy the audio edible we give you every day, lock in with us right here at the Lucky Lefty Podcast. For Malik Zaire, I'm Sean Davis. We bid you adieu until. Monday, we'll have another great episode of the Lucky. Oh, by the way, we couldn't get the time right, but I want to make sure Wes Pritchett and Frank Stams, Wes Pritchett and Frank Stams, two great defensive stalwarts from the 1988 National Championship team, are starting their own podcast. We tried to get them on today. Couldn't figure out the time, but we'll have them on in a short time to talk about the podcast and promote so make sure you guys support them Wes Pritchett, Frank Stamps they're starting their own podcast I believe it starts this weekend go support those guys we appreciate you guys have a fabulous weekend but most of all make sure that you spin it different we'll see you guys on Monday yeah <music>